Hey guys, it's Tom here from FlexibilitiesFreedom.com. It has been a long hiatus since my last episode, which I think was about six months ago. And uh, honestly, I've just been super busy working on the DermDetective.com as well as other ventures. And in this episode, I will give you a quick update on all of those things. But first of all, I hope that uh, wherever you are in the world, that you are staying well, that you are staying active, and that you have a positive outlook on life because I think that uh, this year in particular, 2021, I have tried to be as positive as I can. And I know we all have those uh, downtimes and downturns. And I think it's important for us to to all reflect and remember that life is like the seasons and every season comes with its own challenges and it comes with its own opportunities. But uh, the one constant is that seasons will always change. And, you know, even though you may be going through hard times, there are good times ahead, um, ahead of the road for you. So that's always something that I think is important to keep in mind. So moving on to the business. So for the last six months, I have been working on recovering the traffic that I lost during the December 2020 core update. As a quick reminder, that core update was one of the biggest algorithmic changes that Google has made in recent memory. It is probably comparable in some sense to the August 2018 medic update, which was an algorithmic update that hit the health and wellness sites especially hard and also legal and finance to some extent. And some people have called it the YMYL update or the your money, your life, things that impact those types of topics. But um, after this most recent December 2020 uh, update, I did a little bit of soul searching, as you can tell from my January and February income reports, where I considered running uh, or building rather some other affiliate sites. I did a joint venture with a friend for a little bit, and I did successfully um, launch another site, which was in the streaming niche, which I think is a very uh, interesting opportunity. Now, around April and May, I made the decision that I wanted to work a bit more actively on the dermdetective.com and try to recover some of my lost traffic. And I'm very glad that I did so because after a couple months of putting out new content as well as refreshing the older posts that I had, I was able to recover traffic more or less to where it was around December of last year. However, because of the way that I've recovered that traffic and the way that I've updated the content, my overall website is now more profitable um, on a sort of RPM basis or revenue per thousand basis. And part of that reason is because of my ongoing diversification efforts to move more, to move farther from Amazon Associates and more into the private merchant space. So to give some context here, last year in April 2020, Amazon made one of the biggest changes to their commission, to their um, affiliate program rather, and they reduced commission rates on many categories, um, in some cases by 50% or more. So to give you some examples, health and personal care, which was a 6% category, was decreased to 3%, whereas, um, or sorry, beauty was decreased from 6% to 3%. Health and personal care, which is kind of like, you know, shower gels and razors and that kind of thing, was slashed from 4.5% all the way down to 1%. So this hit my site very, very hard simply because I am more heavy, more heavily um, concentrated in sort of the beauty and health and health and healthful type of products. Um, and that impacted my earnings significantly. However, the upside of that event was it really forced me to diversify from Amazon. And that's something that I think I've done relatively successfully in, in the last 12 to 16 months. I've been able to reduce it 
from anywhere around 70% or more around the time of April 2020, and I've gotten it down to about 36% as of this most recent month. And it's at a level where I think I'm pretty comfortable with where it sits today. Um, so if they were to even abolish their affiliate program tomorrow, losing 36% of my revenue, well, that sounds pretty bad, but in all seriousness, they'll probably just chip away at the commission rate. And so that might just you know decrease by a little bit, but it's at a level where I'm comfortable that I can recover um, from sort of a major impact. Now, in terms of my private affiliate partners, I do have to credit them with most of my revenue uh, growth. I am conscious that I want to um, diversify within them, that I'm not too reliant on any single affiliate partner. Uh, one of the most important lessons that I've learned uh, running sort of an affiliate marketing site in the last three years is that you have to be very diligent and you have to be very um, selective as well in which brands you want to partner with. Now, the difficulty here is that you don't have much data about them. You don't know much about their store or how well it converts when you first begin. And that is the, the challenge that you have to, you know, it just takes time to understand these things. So I've had merchants where I've worked with them for a year or so, maybe six months. And when I review the historical data, it just is very clear that their store does not convert very well. Um, even if I send them, you know, hundreds of clicks a month, uh, thousands of clicks in a year. Um, it's just clear that people are not converting well on this site. And when I realized that, and again, we use a, a, um, a industry metric called earnings per click or EPC, and it's typically expressed as a uh, per 100 clicks. So when you use EPC, you can kind of look at different merchants and understand, okay, what is the profitability of their program? And that way you can sort of prioritize them within your content and within your overall uh, content roadmap in terms of your strategy. So that's something that I've really learned as an affiliate. Um, and where that ties into content strategy is actually quite interesting because the traditional way to plan content and to plan out um, your website is to do keyword research, which I, I definitely continue to do. And I continue to do it in a very detailed and systematic way. Um, but it is traditionally you do keyword research and you try to figure out what keywords are great, keywords are high intent, what keywords you can actually win. You build out the content for those, you update them, you optimize them for the keywords. And that's great. That's obviously what you need to do for traffic. It's a, it's a sort of a tried and true tactic. But on the other hand, you do have to think about ultimately where is your traffic going to go after it comes to your website and it's going to go to some of your affiliate partners and you need to understand which affiliate partners are going to convert well um, which ones are going to be the most um, monetizable for you the most lucrative for you and also of course central to the whole equation is which affiliate partners actually have high quality products actually have you know good quality and good value um, products and services for your readers because ultimately you want to satisfy that re that user intent um, when they purchase a product. So you got to keep in mind all these things. And sometimes when you understand which affiliate partners have very high converting stores or they have very good products or they are just very easy for you to work with, um, some affiliate partners are not going to respond to your emails. Some of them are just going to be super nice. They're going to be, you know, super willing to work with you. And all those factors kind of combine to give you an understanding of, you know, which essentially which partners do I want to work with versus other ones. And when you figure that out, then you can go come back to the content and it's kind of like a cycle. Now you know, okay, I need this type of content and I need to 
talk about these types of topics that are going to be relevant for my affiliate partner. So really you're bridging that gap. And I think that's really what affiliate marketing teaches you. Um, if I had to reflect on a little bit on my three years so far into it, that you do understand both sides of that ecosystem. And it gives you a really holistic understanding of that digital, if I could call it sort of the e-commerce ecosystem. So you are understanding um, how do users interact with web pages? How does Google interact with web pages? How do you satisfy both Google and users? How do you get users to convert? Um, how do you get Google to give you traffic? Those are all important questions as you face the, the front end of the question, which is how do I get traffic? And then the back end of the question is how do I get that traffic to convert at a merchant? You know, some of that is outside of your control. Some of that is and trying to understand which merchants are profitable, which merchants um, sort of are reliable, which merchants can give you uh, better commission rates or better um, sort of incentives or better structures. And also you're at the same time learning a lot about how well do users interact with the merchants page? How well do those pages convert users into customers? How well do they run their own customer funnels? Because ultimately the better that their stores run, the better it is for you as an affiliate because the better, you know, I would prefer someone who pays me a lower commission rate. Um, like I would prefer someone who pays me 5% versus someone else who pays me 10% if the 5% guy is converting four times better, right? If the 5% guy has, you know, amazing conversion rates or higher average order sizes, it might not matter that they pay me only 5% because ultimately I'll make more money with them. So those types of um, very interesting trade-offs are I think something you pick up in affiliate marketing within maybe your second or third year. Um, and it makes your decision so much more so much more interesting versus just let's just slap an Amazon product on a page um, and hope that it converts because that's a lot of what your beginner affiliate websites look like. So, okay, aside from the rant about sort of affiliate marketing and private merchants, something else that I've worked on in the last month or so is adding more display ads to my website. So I made this decision after taking a a comprehensive look at my competitors. So I did a little bit of a mini design project where I looked at my competitors. And in this case, they would be like the big magazine websites like uh, um, Elle or Cosmopolitan, Harper's Bazaar, um, and some beauty publishers like Allure, Birdie.com. So the really big publishers. And I took a look at how they designed their web pages, their site layout. And it occurred to me that they are all very, very ad heavy. So they have a lot of advertisements. Um, it can sometimes take up even just the full length of a page uh, or sorry, the full width of a page. And on mobile or sorry, on desktop, you'll have these uh, very long sidebar ads. So it can be very intrusive um, if you're not using an ad blocker. And it occurs to me that they are much more reliant on ad revenue and display ad revenue versus your typical affiliate site. To me, I feel that their, their content does not convert super well because their content is very superficial and it's on the surface. And I think they are more in the business of churning out a ton of content, um, gathering the user data, selling that in bulk, because I think they definitely have some way to monetize the data that they get. Whereas for me, I'm not at that scale where I can offer that as a service, but they're definitely using it, um, using the data that they get they're making a lot more money from display ads because they have more intelligent optimization and they have, you know, full-time staff you know, trying to optimize their display ad potential. And so for me, I think what is going to differentiate my site from them, because that's always, it's always something you want to ask yourself, how am I going to be different? How am I going to stand out from the crowd? And so for me, I think I'm going to offer certainly a less ad intrusive experience. I was still going to have ads, 
And part of my decision was the fact that, hey, you know what, everyone's running ads anyways, I should be running at least some ads. Um, but also I think I'm more concentrated on content quality, making sure that I can convert users. Um, I genuinely believe that my conversion rate is better than some of these larger publications because my content goes into more detail and it kind of pre-sells users before they get to a merchant website. And so they're more likely to buy at the end of that funnel. And ultimately that's going to be more profitable for me and for my merchant partners. But um, going back to the display ad um, segment. So I did recently replace media.net, which is run by Yahoo and Bing. And I replaced it with Google's AdSense, which is the more traditional uh, display ad network. And to my surprise, I found that AdSense was actually much more profitable than Medianet. So Medianet took me about a year or so to make $100. Now, I should preface that by saying that I did not have it installed during all of that time. I did take it out for about a couple months, but it took me like essentially a few months, maybe six to eight months to earn $100. And that was the minimum required to pay out um, on their network. Whereas with AdSense, in just the couple of weeks that I've had it on my site, I've already earned $25. Now, obviously, this is all kind of small potatoes because display ads typically are going to be a lot less profitable, but they are very passive. Um, I do like the stability of display ads, and I like the fact that it is something you layer on top of affiliate marketing. It's not like one cancels out the other, although I think too much display ads can be very, um, you know, lead to a very poor user experience, certainly. But I like the idea that it's a very stable income source, far more stable than affiliate marketing, because it's a little less um, sensitive to things like downturns where consumers spend more, spend less on discretionary purchases. So that's something that I like. That I, like. I like that it also helps cover some of the operating costs of the site, such as hosting. And so that essentially means that the site has almost zero operating costs, which is kind of cool because essentially, you know, aside from investments into the business, like paying for content writers, the business essentially just runs itself simply by having display ads, which is a nice thing. Um, so aside from the, the display ad and the technology side of it, um, I did spend the last couple months trying to outsource more of my day-to-day -day processes. So one of the big things is obviously writing new content to add to the website. And I spent most of August running a search process to find some content writers. Um, fortunately, I ended up with one very high quality candidate that I finally selected. And I've been training her to write some content for me uh, on an ongoing basis. And it's just been a very, it's been a pleasure to work with this particular writer. Um, her work quality has been very good. And she also communicates and um, uh, sort of, she also communicates very well. And she's very, um, timely in terms of her work. So that's something that I found very important. Um, and I hope to continue to find more writers like her in, in the future. And I'm probably gonna read, run another search process around November, um, maybe into, even into December. Now on the virtual assistant side, um, I had a virtual assistant or a VA. Um, he was working for me on a couple of research tasks, uh, mostly things like data entry pulling product information from Amazon. Now I did train him on a couple of, uh, on this one task rather, a couple of times, but unfortunately I did decide to part ways with him because I think his work quality was suffering a lot. Um, and so I'm hoping to find a couple more VAs by running a larger search process uh, in the future, probably in October. And I'll be using a website that's called onlinejobs.ph or for the Philippines. 
and I will be using that website to see if I can find some higher quality candidates um, that might fulfill that role. I'll also be looking for some people with other types of skill sets, um, namely in WordPress and SEO. So that's another type of role that I have in mind where I'll have the VA essentially do a lot of the SEO work that I'm doing as well as uploading um, finished content onto WordPress and being able to administer some of the some of the sort of more day-to-day -day tasks in the WordPress dashboard. <clears throat> and aside from that, I would say I'm also looking for someone with more graphic design skills who's able to customize images, um, create, fe create featured images, um, as well as just do general things like just resize images and make sure that we have the, the correct type of images. So that's probably um, another role that I'm considering um, adding a virtual assistant for. So aside from those things, um, I think that kind of sums up where the business is at. My goal is to increase this particular website to $2,000 um, a month by the end of this year. I think that's a fairly feasible goal. My overall goal, um, again, just from a total portfolio perspective, is to have around 5,000 to 10,000 in income um, that's generated from passive income sources but in about two years time, so by the time that I turn 30. And I think that's, that's something that I think is quite uh, doable. Um, my experience with this particular site has shown me that um, not only is perseverance important, but also ingenuity in terms of getting creative about, um, you know, where you're getting your affiliate uh, partners from um, in terms of finding, obviously finding the good affiliate partners and then being able to source traffic from places that maybe other people aren't looking or also getting them from, um, you know, good high quality traffic sources, places that are going to convert very well. So from good keywords, uh, but also being able to find those low hanging keywords that people are missing. So I think those all kind of make sense to me. I am considering starting a second website. Now I do have another one that is in the streaming niche. That's more of a longer term play, but I am thinking about starting a, a, a new site, I guess, in the coming year. And I want to really document the process for that one. Um, I'm planning to do a sort of step-by-step -step video series on the Flexibility is Freedom YouTube channel, where I'm going to just really walk through the whole process of building that site, um, walk through my thinking along the way. Uh, you know, I'll show you sort of the the overall game plan um, and the strategy, and then you get, you'll get to see me execute that strategy and, and we'll, we'll see how well that works, right? And the goal will be to earn about anywhere from $500 to $1,000 um, per year. Um, in a couple of months, maybe in say 10 months, I think that's a good timeline for me. And um, yeah, stay tuned to see how that goes. That'll be something I'm going to do in the new year. So just wrapping up this uh, podcast episode, um, thanks a lot for sticking, sticking it out with me here. I think also aside from the business side, I've been working on a couple of things on my personal life. So one of the things I talked about in my August income report is uh, diversifying my portfolio into real estate. And I really like real estate as a natural balance to digital media assets like, uh, like a website or a YouTube channel because the digital side can be very volatile. You are often at the mercy of these big tech platforms like Google, Facebook, Amazon, you know, you name it. Um, you can often feel like you are a little bit powerless in terms of negotiating power. Um, and of course, there's a lot of volatility, right, in traffic. On the other hand, the great thing about digital media is it's scalable, it's low capital, um, 
low capital requirements. Anybody can start one to, uh, to an extent. It does take some experience and some connections don't hurt either, but um, ultimately anyone can really play the game if you were able to do it well and you kind of level yourself up along the way. So I think real estate is very much the opposite in a lot of ways. It's difficult to get in uh, in terms of, you know, just because of where prices are in a lot of markets. Um, financing can be a, you know, a big hurdle for a lot of people. Um, but on the, uh, you know, and, and just con to continue with that, the, the, the capital requirements are very high, right? Because of the high prices, you need a lot of money for a down payment. You need to get, um, you need to have a solid job or earning potential to get a mortgage. And those things um, are all just prerequisites just to even finance a property. But then you have to go into these bidding wars or you have to go find new construction or you need to find basically something that you can afford in your budget. And obviously, um, where I live, the, the housing prices just continue to go up and it can be something that's very difficult to get in. But on the other hand, the pros of real estate, you know, if you were to rent it out, it is a very stable source of income. Um, obviously, you can have bad tenants and all that, but relative to digital media, it is a very stable source of income. The asset value of um, of a house of a property tends to be quite stable. Um, you're not you're never going to be forced to sell unless uh, you know the market goes down by a lot. So long as you can pay the mortgage, um, so it is a very stable source. And I like to pair the two together. And what I envision is uh, earning earning sort of the cash flow from digital media assets because they're low capex and they can produce a lot of cash flow without much sort of hindrance, without much operating costs to um, to reduce that cash flow. So it's a nice bit of cash flow that can essentially pay for a mortgage. Um, where I am now with my website, you know, if I can get it up to the 2000 US dollars and, you know, taking, taking into account a little bit of investment for my content writers, I think I can reasonably take home at least a thousand, if not more US dollars uh, a month. And that's kind of a nice amount where I can really just pay a mortgage or pay a part of a mortgage um, for my for my Canadian properties. And I, I feel like the two of them really mesh together very well. Now, having said that, getting a property or getting a mortgage rather uh, with my current business is very much a, a challenge. Um, so what I've decided to do is take on a more traditional type of salaried job. It's just much more simple to get a mortgage. And uh, in this um, last month, I've been doing a lot of job applications. And fortunately, just uh, a, few, a day ago, I received an offer from a digital media agency. So I will be joining them um, in the coming weeks as an SEO specialist. So what's nice about this is I get to apply what I've learned running my own website at a larger scale for an agency. So that experience isn't wasted and I can reuse it. Um, I can apply it and at the same time I'm going to learn a lot more about SEO, learn a lot more about digital media uh, and digital marketing and working at this agency and I can kind of cross pollinate and use what I learn to come back to my business and, and apply that. And at the same time this is obviously a very helpful um, sort of income. I can take it to the bank and and uh, obtain a mortgage with it so that's going to be helpful for my real estate ambitions. But um, yeah, that's kind of it for, for this episode. You know, I hope to continue to do these episodes more on a monthly basis, I think. And I'm just going to recap uh, some of my income reports. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for some of my upcoming series. I really want to do that um, new affiliate site and kind of walk through step by step. So, you know, if you are interested, stay tuned. Follow me on YouTube. I am going to you know, expand my efforts there and, and make really high quality videos for you guys. So yeah, hope you guys take care and I'll talk to you in the next episode.